0: Or is there another way that you can feel that fulfillment and success in something that works more specific to you? And so we see a lot, especially in the high achievers, a lot of people doing a lot of awesome things, things that I wish sometimes that I would want to do or could do. But when I think about it on a more granular level of like what it would take, is that something that would really be the best use of my time that is really my passion? Or is it that I'm getting the high off of it being someone else's passion and them doing it right? You thought it, but we said it.
1: I'm Alexis, a certified leadership and life coach, certified postpartum doula, sourdough educator, CrossFit level one trainer, birth fit coach, a beauty counter brand advocate, and a mom to two kids.
0: And I'm Sam, a certified and licensed therapist and mental health first aid trainer in a nine to five-ish job, along with also being a beauty counter brand advocate, in addition to being a new mom and open IVF storyteller. We consider ourselves to be walking balancing acts and fellow mindset shift mavens. Perspectively Yours is our platform where we dive headfirst into conversations on topics that can make or break us. We speak to women about the things we often think, but don't say out loud and how we can shift our perspectives around them to build our resilience and normalize our experiences. This is for the woman who wants a full plate and a full cup without burning out.
1: We're sharing our stories and inviting others to the table to provide insight on cultivating resilience, shifting your
0: perspective and moving forward. So let's spill the tea and get started.
1: Hello, we're back for another episode Episode. How are you?
0: I am good. I always love when we start saying that. We are back for another episode. Just when I think that we are running out of topics, there is more for us to chat about. I feel like my brain just doesn't turn off from all these thought provoking conversations. It's just always running.
1: I think you're absolutely right. I don't, I will be really curious to when we feel like we have run out of topics to talk
0: about. Probably never. Well, you know what I think is really cool? Alexis and I will talk offline and send each other videos and Instagram posts and be like we should talk about this. We should definitely talk about that or a topic that we really like and we can break it into three parts because there's important parts of each of them. So there's just I don't know. I think maybe maybe that's just a side effect of being an anxious person of having my my brain run at all hours of the night. Last night, by the way, as I go into a, another run on thought here, <laughs> I could not fall asleep because I was up wrapping presents and what else was I doing? Shopping on last minute sales. We got a rug for our new living room. And then when I went to bed, I had all of these random thoughts in my head that just would not stop. It was like a to-do list that wouldn't shut the you know what up. Like I had to keep yelling at myself in my own head. Stop thinking. Focus on your breathing. Focus on your breathing.
1: (laughs) Oh, I have been there. I feel like that was me just a couple nights ago. And my brain, I had, it had been a long time since I had experienced that level of like really racing cycling, thoughts. racing thoughts. It was pretty intense. And it's been such a long time since I'd experienced that. I, I had a moment where I was like, wow, this is a lot. <laughs> like I told myself, this is a lot of random thoughts and just, this is too much. This has got to stop. So I feel you on that. I think it's the time of year and we all have so much going on and so much to do and it's hard to settle in at night.
0: Well, I think it also has a little bit to do with the topic we're going to talk about today because Alexis and I am going to preface this by saying we are not, not experts in this area but we felt the need to talk about it because we want to know if you struggle like we do and how to learn how to turn off. But we're talking about achievement addiction. Where are my fellow to-do listers at who write down things they've already completed to cross them off their list?
1: That's definitely me. I'm totally that person. But sometimes it's because, well, and this is probably an achievement addiction issue of Like, I want to know that I've been using my time to do something so that I can get to the end of the day and be like, oh, I've actually done enough, which is silly because just existing as a person should just be enough.
0: Well, mine is because I want to make sure that I have room to add more things, (laughs) but I need to mentally check it off to know that I finished it so that I can now add more things. So I'm a chronic to-do list abuser.
1: Hmm. I don't know. I feel like to-do lists really help me organize my thoughts.
0: But to what extent does it become chronic and problematic is what I want to know.
1: I think when you're constantly putting more on your to-do list, than you can reasonably get done in a day is
0: when there's a problem. You just keep adding things to it. But here's what's funny. I also don't use it as it's got to get done today. Mm. It's like, uh, these are the things that I know I need to accomplish relatively soon and often stick as like sore reminders of you didn't do it yet. Time to get to it. And then I feel guilty when I forgot something that needed to be on the list that I've let fall.
1: Mm. And I think that's
0: just like scratching the surface of achievement addiction. I wouldn't say that that's achievement addiction in and of itself, but I think it's like the beginning. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. these are your warning signs.
1: Yeah. What do you think of with a person who has achievement addiction? And we won't just say that they're us, but if you have somebody who like, what is the, what is the model, the image of achievement addiction in your brain?
0: Well, to me, it's someone who has achieved, but never feels enough. And I mean that on a deep core level of I'm still not good enough. I'm still not making enough money. I'm still not successful enough. My name is still not known well enough. I'm not an expert. I need more recognition. But a lot of the time, I think it's even your own internal recognition. Mm -hmm. And I think it's fun to want to have your hands in a lot of pots. Obviously, Alexis and I both really thrive on having a full plate. I know I do, and that's just how I function. It's the point of when do I overfunction? Because I'm an over overfunctioner. If, mm-hmm. if you can believe that's mm-hmm. a real thing, folks, it is where I overfunction and you stay there. So for me, it's like that achievement addiction is has is a combination of needing to feed your own ego and needing to overfunction.
1: Yeah like you're in a chronic state of overfunctioning. Like it's not as though, because sometimes we will have periods of time where we're going to have to put in more hours on something in order to get there, but it really should only be for a short time. But when you're constantly adding so much to your plate that you are always up until midnight doing whatever things that you need to get done done, then that is usually a time to start like evaluating. <laughs> do I maybe have too much going on here? Or maybe I'm too obsessed with this, all of these different things. And when you were talking about the person who's just kind of never satisfied with where they're getting, I think of the person who who sets goals, who hits them and thinks that they're gonna feel so different and they don't. And it's really the chase of the goal that they are yes. so addicted to. And they think, well, once I reach this, then everything will be fine. But literally nothing changes. You just, then you have to set a new goal for yourself to continue feeling all those chemicals of working hard to reach a goal and you just bounce from big goal to big goal to big goal. And you're never really like present in your just everyday life,
0: constantly reaching for those goals. When you say that, I often think of chasing happiness, that people think when I have this, I'll be happy. When I have that, I'll be happy. And and happiness really comes from a state of within, Mm -hmm. happy with who you are. And I think the same applies to achievement. Because when I feel I've achieved this goal, okay, I'm done. I accomplished what I wanted to accomplish. And I had a boss who told me, Sam, you take one thing off your plate and you put three things back on because I need to always have something that I'm working towards. And I think that that can be admirable in so many ways. What I think is important is knowing when to say no, but even more importantly, knowing how to refill your cup. And mm-hmm. one of our phrases I'll say as part of this podcast has been you know, learning how to have a full plate and a full cup without burning out. And the real key piece to the not burning out is making sure you have a full cup. And a full cup will never be full if you don't give it time to replenish. And I know Alexis often talks about this from a a nutrient standpoint and making sure that we are fueled properly for that. But what does that mental space or even that break from achievement look like? Have you given yourself a lot of space between achievements, or is it one right after another for you?
1: It's usually when there is space, it's like, the I'm going to lose my mind and I'm just gonna not do anything right now. It's not like planned, it's not planned rest, which we kind of talked about back in our like rethinking New Year's resolutions episode of we need to have planned rest in order to refuel our brain and to to be creative again. And I don't think that I typically provide that for myself mainly because it it feels like i don't know there's always something to be working on there's always something that if i step away from it then what's going to happen <laughs> you know like even even after i had life i had really intended on taking a break with beauty counter work i had been through a season all throughout that pregnancy of really building and growing my business there and I figured when he was born, like I would take, I would take a rest and take a step back. Well, then COVID happened and business exploded. Like, suddenly we had a lot of team growth, a lot of sales, a lot of things. And so, even that time, which should have been restful, like I'm a postpartum doula, like you need rest postpartum, it's important. But even then, it was still this feeling of, but if I step away, I'm going to lose everything. So, I think that that's, kind of the hardest thing that comes with for me taking rest as somebody who really likes working toward achievements is that if I do step away, the history of it has been that it's because I'm burnt out. Or if I step away, like nothing's going to happen and I will have lost everything that I've worked towards.
0: So in counseling or early on in counselor education, I'll say we we talk about the power of silence. And it is probably one of the most uncomfortable things to experience as a new counselor when you and your client are silent and we feel this need to fill the room, to fill the space. And that is what comes to mind when I think of this achievement addiction is getting uncomfortable with a pause. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of us are afraid, those of us who, who struggle with achievement addiction or and and that's not a formal diagnosis by the way but more so just people who are constantly chasing one thing after another but i wonder if there's something that we are avoiding by continuing to put more on our plates what is it that we're afraid of what is that space that we're afraid of if we're not achieving and sometimes like alexis mentioned it may be we're afraid of something falling apart but i also wonder what does it mean about us if we're not working towards something
1: Yeah. And that's like something that I don't even really feel like trying to go into right now. But I think I think you're 100 percent right. Like, what is this need that I'm trying to fill by constantly chasing after so many things that like none of them are bad? All of them are really amazing things that I really care about, like doing this podcast. I really love it educating on and supporting families who have just had babies like that's a huge passion of mine and a need that needs to be filled and doing beauty counter work is another big one doing sourdough classes is another big one like all of the things I love doing them which I think we've you're a manifesting generator right which we mm-hmm. both are which we we're multifaceted multipassionate people and so like that's very common for us to be that way And also, like, why? Why do I need to keep filling the plate up? And why can't it just be like? Why does it need to be so full?
0: I guess is mainly the thing that I'm gonna have to ponder. I think we need to have someone on who specializes in human design to talk about Mm. manifesting generator. Generator. Oh God, what are the rest of them?
1: Oh, what are the rest of them? I used to know. I I know.
0: I don't remember. We did a whole class on it. actually we were Yes. We got to do a whole class on human design which was really cool. And it's just another way of really looking at yourself, identifying who you are, what you connect with and it actually I think helps give yourself a little grace mm-hmm. to figure out the way that you are but manifesting generators our little energizer bunnies. I've been described as an energizer bunny for as long as I can remember, long before I ever knew I was a manifesting generator, where I just was moving at a million miles per minute and doing all types of projects. And my friends would be like, how the heck do you manage all of that? And not only do I manage it, but that's where I thrive. And Mm -hmm. so some of us are just more so wired that way, I would say, that it's just a constant need of what brings the life out of us. So I think that some of that is innate, but I think the pause is what's important to so that. We understand that it's okay to take a break from the, still the things that bring us joy, that mm-hmm. even though it's something that we love, something that we enjoy, something that we're good at, that we have a passion for, doesn't mean that we have to be doing it 24 seven. And it can feel like we're falling behind if we're not. But you, and we've talked about this in previous episodes, but sometimes that pause is what allows you to come back even more creative and, and even stronger. And, you know, I wonder because this really borders on burnout. And have you ever read the book Burnout? No, but
1: I'll probably go read it on my three week vacation that I'm about to go take because I can, I like, I've felt that sense of burnout before, but I want to. I don't know. I want to learn more about it.
0: I want to get you the authors of it. Hold on one second. As I look through my, here it is. It's Burnout, The Secret to Unlocking the Stress Cycle, and their sisters, Emily and Amelia Nagoski. Oh, and,
1: I have listened to a podcast episode with them. I think that they were on Brene Brown's podcast.
0: I bet they were because yeah. they are. They would be right up Brene Brown's alley. Um, yeah. it, it was fantastic. I did the audio book. Mm-hmm. I, I actually think I should read it again. Yeah, <laughs> Clearly, I need some more nuggets of information. But the audiobook was fantastic and they really break down the stress cycle. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of feminism in there as well because we tend to fall into that category of burnout because as women, we are expected to do it all and to mm-hmm. do it all well and mm-hmm. to not need to ask for help. And we can go down so many different rabbit holes in this conversation. But the whole goal here is to avoid that burnout but at the same time feel fulfilled and it mm-hmm. is a it's a tightrope to walk but i do think it can be done with a lot of self-awareness would you agree with that
1: yeah i think that that's part of i think that that's part of it and i i will also say like in my personal experience i used to just jump on anything that came my way and think that i i needed to take that on because i had any interest in it or because there was a need to be filled and at this point I do think through things a little bit more and try to get a sense of what that is going to mean for me and for my family. And do I actually have the capacity to take this on? Sometimes there is a miscalculation of that. And so that just happens sometimes. But as I work through that, that awareness of Taking a pause before agreeing to something that has helped a lot with not necessarily just piling everything on because I could pile on even more things. There are more things that I have skills for that I could start, you know, really bringing into my life as something that I do again. Like I can think of particularly coaching in the prenatal and postpartum space like that's something that i have skills for and certifications for and i don't do it and it feels like all the time like oh i should really take that on there's a need i could be really good at it and i just i know that there is no space for that right now even though it could be amazing it's just not for right now
0: yeah and actually as you're saying that what i'm thinking about too is the beauty in getting older and in being able to decide is it because i need to prove myself am i taking mm-hmm. this on as a as a form of mm-hmm. proof to mm-hmm. myself and mm-hmm. to others mm-hmm. or have i decided that this is something that i feel a calling to do mm-hmm. or because i need to add it to my resume or because i need to prove myself to someone else or what am i trying to prove to myself in that moment yeah that has come with maturity of being able to say my i want to give my energy to this Mm -hmm. And so that achievement really comes down to what am I achieving it for? What is the purpose of it? Is it going to further me in my career? And I'll be quite honest with you that I got my MBA a couple of years ago to add it to my resume. It was not the best decision to make at the time. That was a way off miscalculation. And it added so much stress at a time where we were trying to have a baby and I was working full time and it was a completely online program, which was the only program that would have worked given where I was at at that point in my life. I was not driving to and from school. But do I work best in an online program? 1000% not. I do not do well in needing to read my own articles and go through books. I'm going to say this out loud for the first time. I don't know how much I really read in college in anything. In any of my textbooks, I used it for studying purposes, and I absorbed all of my information through auditory processing. Me too. I loved going to class for that reason.
1: Just to just to put that out there, you are not alone. If I missed class,
0: I suffered, and if I was present, I succeeded. Agreed. Same thing. And so at that point, that was not a good move for me. Like my, I don't know if we talk. I think well, Alexis, we've talked about this. I think in a different capacity, but. My cortisol levels were pretty much completely depleted. Like they weren't even high. I mean, they were depleted because I was back to that burnout book. I was so overly stressed that my body was just in survival mode constantly. And while it may look good on my resume, it's not required for my job. And who knows what it'll look like if I'm ever looking for another job, but it probably wasn't my smartest move. And that was. That was a result of it being a you know, a, a knee-jerk reaction to fit, feeling like I needed to accomplish something that really wasn't necessarily valuable to me. Yeah. I don't know what I really retained.
1: Yeah. Was it at a time where, like, personal things aside, did you have anything else professionally really on your plate at the time other than your job?
0: I mean, I had... My business, my beauty counter business, had grown pretty significantly at that time. Mm-hmm. So I feel like I was also on a high of other successes, and I think it felt like this makes sense to add another piece that is also successful. Mm-hmm. It was almost like it felt like they went in tandem
1: mm-hmm.
0: because I was feeling the high of another success. Like, oh, I yeah. can add another thing to my plate. I can manage yeah. this too.
1: Yeah, and I, I wonder if that's. Like a hallmark of people who struggle with this constant chasing of being successful and reaching whatever success means, but you know, like achieving these big milestones and goals. If, when you're in the midst of doing that in one capacity, it's like, if some's good, more must be better kind of mentality. Because I feel like I do the same thing. It's like, I I can't just be successful in one area. I need to like, well, I'm successful in all these other areas. I should just like pack it all in and be, and add more success. And, and probably, and not even probably, definitely going through that. I need to prove something, whatever that is. But needing to prove something about myself, which my ability to reflect a little bit more on the things that I'm adding in has probably happened alongside being able to need to prove myself to others and myself less and just be able to accept that I am good enough without all of these things. And the more that I grow to accept that as truth, then I can stop needing to prove myself through successes and achievements and really only take on what i care about
0: i have two thoughts on that first of all i agree completely and i and i think that the whole sense of i am enough is the crux of it all i used to have my roommate if she's listening we used to have on our board in our apartment i am enough on our board on a regular basis because she also was a high achiever We've always been high, like I've, I've surrounded myself with other high achievers. So we all also feed into that energy too, mm-hmm. <laughs> and, right? What, for but, what good I, or for I, bad. For bad, right? Because it can be great. But I, what I I your point before about, I think it would, if I can't be successful in one area, if I am successful in one area, I think I should also be successful in these others. I think we often assume that because we're successful in, in one area and maybe that was an easy success for us, that it should translate into everything else that we do, because it's going to be another easy success. Or I've managed this one. Why can't I manage that one? Not really considering the fact that you're now not just managing one project, you're managing two simultaneously. So you can't just give the same amount of work once. You're giving that same amount of work twice, because I would guess that all of us in that arena are also those folks who have to give a hundred percent To both of those items, and we can't divide it. We're not giving 50% to one and 50% to the other.
1: I don't know. I think our 50% looks pretty dang good. And, you know, like, I think that that's where the problem is is that we are able to give really good 50% or 30% or 20%. Like, our 20% can look so good that it's like, of course I can manage all these things. Like I can be great at everything. And that's another ego thing also of like, can you though really? Like, what is this? What purpose is this serving? And is it actually helpful?
0: Well, and I agree. I think what I'm saying is that it's gotta be a willingness. And we've talked about this before and it's not necessarily new to people where you have to be okay with giving the 80% or the 50%. But I think in the achievement addiction space, it's the misunderstanding of the time and energy that you're giving, that it has to be split, that it can't be a hundred percent to both. And I think we often get caught up on trying to give a hundred percent.
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Because it doesn't feel good to give less 80%. Yeah. You want to be able to give every single thing that you can give. And you just can't do that with five things on your plate. I told this to a friend one time, because I had decided that I was going to be like a plant person and she is also a plant person and she doesn't have 50 million things that she does as well and I mean she d- is very successful and does a lot of things but her plants just look so great <laughs> and mine are like they're alive and they don't look horrible but they don't look they don't look like hers do and I told her you know it's that i take on so many things and i it really it's like such a visual of it's fine it's not like dead but they're not necessarily abundantly thriving and it's because i can't give all of that energy to caring for the plants because i have other things that i'm doing and i think it's just such a beautiful visual for all of this like it's not as though anything is doing bad like so bad that it's like on death's door but it's not as great as it could be.
0: Yeah, I've seen a meme lately about how we are a lot of moms in particular, we are surviving, not thriving. But you mentioned something about comparing your plants to her plants. And I am I am not a plant person. I also wanted to be a plant person, but I'm good with them just being alive and I rip <laughs> off the dead leaves as I need to. But I also wonder if part of the achievement struggle that we have has something to do with the comparison game as well in that let's just use us for example, right? Because we have a podcast, someone else should have a podcast because they think that we've done it right and they wanna be able to do it right too. Mm -hmm. But as a podcast is really what they should be fulfilling. Like, is that the dream? Is that what they should be doing? Or is there another way that you can feel that fulfillment and success in something that works more specific to you? And so we see a lot, especially in the high achievers, I would say like a lot of people doing a really a lot of awesome things, things that I wish sometimes that I would want to do or could do. But when I think about it on on a more granular level of like what it would take, is that something that would really be the best use of my time that I want to do Mm -hmm. that is really my passion or is it that I'm getting the high off of it being someone else's passion and I'm doing it right?
1: Oh, my gosh. As you were starting to lead into this thought, I knew exactly where you were going. And it's so true because I can see great things that other people are doing. And I know I can do it because I've proven that I can pretty much do anything that I want to do. And and it's like, yeah. And so you are presented with all these things and you're like, I mean, I should take that on. I can clearly do that great but when you don't sit in a reflection space of is this really where where I'm called to be like is this where my gifts are best served this person is doing great at it and do I need to also do do the same like is that really necessary so and it it takes away if you're choosing something else to do and and if it's not within your gifting and you're still doing it anyway, it's taking your your energy away from whatever gifts that you have to bring to the world that could be better served in a different capacity.
0: You know, when I forget who I was talking to about this. Actually, it a bit been my therapist. We we're talking about using your resources. I'm always like, what the hell are my resources? And I realized it's my energy and my time. Mm-hmm. It's where I focus. It's where my thoughts go. It's where my feelings go. And it's how long I spend there. And it wasn't until recently that I realized that my energy and time was a lot more precious. I used to take, take it for granted because I felt like I'll always have the time to figure it out. And I, and this is not to, to limit my time whatsoever, but it's more so being more intentional, intentional about where I want it to go so that the things that are truly calling to me can become the best versions of whatever that is. And so, like, for instance, I've always wanted to have a blog. I love to write. It's where I have a lot of my creative space. Alexis and I have that in common. And it has never worked. It has never Mm -hmm. been successful Mm -hmm. for me because Mm -hmm. I physically cannot keep up with it with my Mm -hmm. other life demands. And then it Mm -hmm. becomes more of a chore. And when I do get to write, it feels so fantastic. But to put myself into a box of needing to keep up with daily or weekly posts, it was just not happening. And there are a lot of people who are fantastic bloggers. It's not within my scope of expertise because of more of the logistics. And so I stopped putting my time and energy into a goal that wasn't going to work out best for me.
1: Which shows a lot of growth in being able to just let that go and know that there are other things that you can pour your time and energy into that do work better for you. and. I think of podcasting as, you know, audio version of blogging almost. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's not it's not quite as polished. I I mean, it's not that it's not polished. It's just that you're not spending time writing out your thoughts and then editing them and then editing them again and then posting them. It's but it does feel like it has a similar flow. And I have been trying to start a blog since I was like 12 years old (laughs) and I could never keep up with it. Never. It's so it's it's just people who are good at that. They are amazing.
0: I'm going to go off on a tangent real quick, because I agree that this is definitely like the audio version of a blog. And I think what you said is exactly right in that I with a blog, when I write, I like to be extremely articulate. And creative in the ways that I say things and phrase them. And there's an art to it. It's a complete art form. And I love that creative side of me. When I think of artistic, I never used to think of myself that way because I can't draw for the life of me or Mm, paint and I can't sing. You definitely don't want to hear me try that. But I am a very good writer. And so that is why I wanted to lean so hard into that. But what's so beautiful about this podcast is that while it does get edited, thanks, Liz so that you don't hear all of our awkward pauses and and loss of thoughts sometimes, it's raw. It's mm-hmm. raw. It's exactly what we're thinking. And honestly, we, when we started this episode, we said, well, what are our thoughts on this? I said, I have no idea. I said, I'm going to just process it as we go because we're not experts in this. But that's what we love sharing is our raw and authentic selves of getting to share with you our thoughts and feelings without it being perfect. And I think that's also a huge accomplishment for high achievers because Mm -hmm. we want it to be so perfect and polished and it's not. And I think there's something really beautiful about that too. So that's kind of just a side note here that I think relates.
1: I think it does relate because both of us struggle with that, with the wanting it to all be perfect and I think that this this podcast has been like while it is yes another thing that we have brought onto our plates. It has also been such a huge exercise in vulnerability for ourselves to be able to come and show up in such a raw, unedited way. I mean like you said, we are edited, but it's not like we just cut things out that we talk about. We it's just generally we just, unfiltered. It's generally unfiltered. Yeah and when we really like to have things presented in a certain way and we I mean we've been from the get-go we've been like well I mean we're gonna put this out there and it we might change and that's okay we're just gonna roll with it which I think is huge for both of us to be able to do that
0: a thousand percent well I think we've covered it all on achievement addiction and this is obviously something that we're still working through and again I just want to remind you that it is not a formal diagnosis but the Those of us who just struggle with not knowing when to say no sometimes to projects because they think they'll feel good or look good, but may not necessarily be the best decision. So as with any of our conversations, our goal here is to help you be intentional with what you choose to do and how you choose to show up so that you can make decisions that really align with who you are, at least right now. And Mm -hmm. that may change.
1: Yeah, so that you can have your full plate and your full cup because you need both. You have to have mm-hmm. both.
0: Maybe that's what we need to retell. Full plate and full as. cup. <laughs> <laughs> full cup.
1: I think that's a great idea. Oh wow! Well, I just love coming and chatting with you. This is like the highlight of my week.
0: It's you know what, guys. I hate. I have to also tell you that this is so therapeutic for us because when we come on and talk, I tell Alexis all the time. This is the best part of the whole podcast opportunities. I feel like I get a regular Mm -hmm. check-in on my mental health and status and process and talk through hard things that just make me feel refilled.
1: Me too. All right. Well, we will be back again next week with another episode. See you then. See you then. Thank you so much for joining us today. Just as a reminder, this podcast is not intended to replace professional medical advice or mental health services. If you are in a mental health crisis, please call the suicide and crisis hotline at 988 or 911.
0: Did today's episode of Perspectively Yours hit the spot? It would mean the world to us if you'd show us some love with these 3 effortless ways to help your fave podcast thrive. First up, the most important. Never miss an episode by following or subscribing on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast fix. Just head over to our show page, tap the plus sign and select follow. Next, leave us a shiny five-star rating and review on your podcast platform. Your feedback helps us make each episode better and better. Last but not least, share your favorite episode with a friend. The power of word of mouth is undeniable and we would be over the moon if you spread the love about Perspectively Yours. Before we
1: let you go, here's a fun fact. We met through Beauty Counter, our favorite clean beauty brand, and are both brand advocates. If you've been looking for safer products that actually give you results, you can get 20% off your first purchase with the code CLEANFORALL20.
0: Don't forget to follow us each on Instagram at Ms. Samantha and Alexis.TheNourishedBeginnings. Send us a message. We'd love to hear from you. Be sure to check out the show notes for any resources we mentioned.
1: Thank you for being here. We are grateful for your support and love.